thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all and the angels cry oh, Now, is that good or what? Our God is holy, guys. That's who our God is. He's a holy God. You know what that means, though, right? That means that he's perfect in every way, that there is no fault in our God. There is no, there's no, there's nothing false about our God either, and that he's pure, he is righteous, that there is no evil in him. We worship a holy God. And this song, this song was inspired by a few different scriptures, and the author of this song, if you were able to interview him, he would say to you, scriptures like Revelation 4.8. It was an inspiration. Why? Because Revelation 4.8 gives us the picture of what John, the Apostle John, who was on the island of Patmos, when he wrote, 
when he, when he wrote the book of Revelation, because he had this vision from God of heaven and all the things that were to come, he wrote this in Revelation 4, 8. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, come on, say it with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Guys, that's, that's what John saw when he looked into heaven. He saw this, and you, you hear this song, and you're singing, holy, right? all creation cries, holy. You're, you're, you're joining with heaven as they cry out holy. We know this about heaven. We know that this wasn't something that was just happening when John peeked into heaven. We know that this is what's been going on since the creation of all things. Because the, the Old Testament prophet, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, he saw the very same thing when he had a vision of heaven. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, he said this, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending them were mighty seraphim, angels, uh, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Guys, look, right now in heaven, this is the song that's being sung. Right now, as you and me sit here on earth, right, in our auditoriums, Worshiping with technology that blows my mind away sometimes. In heaven right now, the song that has been sung, the song of the ages, that has been sung for thousands of years, tens of thousands of years, is still the one being sung. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And I want you to think about this. This might be a profound thought for this Christmas for you. But I want you to think about this. That's what Jesus left to come to this sin-filled evil earth. When he came as a baby, born in a humble place called a stable, and then laid in a manger, he left heaven where all the angels were crying out to him, you are holy, holy, holy. He left all of that to come here. Guys, I don't know about you, but, but that just makes Christmas like so much more special to me. To contemplate and to think about what Jesus left. I mean, can you imagine heaven in this place where John pops in, Isaiah pops in, and they get this quick vision, and the sound of heaven are the angels crying out, holy is the Lord, holy is the Lord, holy is the one who always was, who is, and is to come. That's what Jesus left to come here. And Jesus left heaven so that he could be a sacrifice for our sins, so that our holy God could then make you holy. Yeah. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you know the agenda of the Holy Spirit right now is at work in your life, preparing you for heaven. He is at work in your life right now on earth, making you holy. Did you realize that you can't make yourself holy? You can't give enough money and an offering to make yourself holy. You can't show up to church you know, often enough to make yourself holy. You can't read enough of God's word to make yourself holy. You can't even pray enough to make yourself holy. You, 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 can't, you can't just be the person that's memorized all the worship songs to make yourself holy, right? Although I know some of you guys have. But you can't do that. Like that's not, we can't make ourselves holy. He makes us holy. 
as we open up our heart to him and we let him be the leader and the Lord of our lives, he makes you holy. What we strive for is this, Jesus, be my Lord and be my leader. And when we drift off course and Jesus is no longer our leader, then we come back through repentance. Repentance is what lines our heart with God's heart so that God can do what he wanted to do from the beginning and that's a holy God to make his people holy. I just never, ever want you to forget, we live on a sin-filled, evil world. Why? Because people like you and me have allowed the enemy to warp our hearts and to warp our minds and to lead us into temptation and to lead us into sin. And what does sin do? It corrupts and it hurts one another. It doesn't just destroy you, but it impacts and brings pain to others. That's why the world's full of sin. It's because what we have allowed Satan to do in our lives. But I want you to know something today. As corrupt, as evil, as wicked, as messed up of a world that we live in, our God is nothing like this world. Our God is holy. And you need to remind yourself of that sometimes. You need to keep, keep a hold of that. You need to remind yourself that my God is nothing like the pain that person caused me. My God is nothing like the pain that that family caused me, that that business caused me that that job caused me, that that spouse caused me, that that child caused me. My God is nothing like that. He's perfect, he's righteous, he's pure, because our God is holy. So what is Satan trying to do with sin then? I think a lot of people think that Satan is just trying to corrupt us with sin. That Satan is just trying to mess my life up with sin. And that Satan is just trying to take my life and use the pain of my life to inflict pain on others because that's what we see. That's the tangible. We think oftentimes that Satan is using sin just to mess me up. I want you to know something today. No, he's got a much bigger agenda at work. The Bible tells me this. Sin separates me from who? God. Sin separates me from God. So what is it that Satan's really at work doing? He's trying to separate you, his creation, from the holiness of God. That's the ultimate work of sin. Sin isn't just the tangible impact of its pain and corruption that it causes me today, or the devastation that it caused a marriage, or the corruption that it caused between a father and a child. It's not just the earthly pain. It's something grander than that. It's a bigger agenda at work. Our enemy is at work tempting those who want to follow Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's trying to separate you from the holiness of God. How does he know this? Because he was once in heaven crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. He was once an angel. He's not equal to God. He was created by God. He allowed his heart to be corrupted, and now he's trying to separate you from the holiness of your creator. Don't let that happen. Let Christmas remind you of something. Let Christmas remind you that our God, Jesus, he left the holy place of heaven. He left this place where the angels cried out who he was, his identity as being holy. I want you to remind yourself that, you know, our God is holy this Christmas, and that the Son Jesus Christ, he came, the one and only son, was sent to this earth as a sacrificial lamb for our sins. What does that even mean, that Jesus was the sacrificial lamb 
for our sins. Sometimes people have a hard time with that. They're like, I don't know what that means. Like, connect the dots for me, Pastor. What does it mean to be the sacrificial lamb before Jesus? If you wanted your sins to be forgiven, you took an actual lamb to the temple, and that lamb was slaughtered. His blood was, was shed for your sins, to cover your sins. When Jesus came, he became the perfect lamb. Why? Because he's holy. When Jesus lived on this earth as man, he committed no sin. So even as man, fully God but fully man, walking this earth for 33 years of his life, he was holy. So when he went to the cross, he went to the cross holy. And when his blood was shed on the cross, his holy blood was shed so that our sins might be forgiven. Guys, this Christmas, you need to remind yourself that God didn't just send an angel. God sent his son. He sent himself, holy God, to this earth to be born in that manger and to later be murdered on that cross so that your sins and that my sins could be forgiven. That's the lamb that we worship. That's what I love about this song. I think, I think the favorite part that I have about this song is, is this, when it says, if you've been forgiven, and if you've been redeemed, sing the song forever to the Lamb, right? If you walk in freedom, and if you bear his name, sing the song forever to the Lamb. Like, that's the part that moves me the most. Why? Because when Jesus came, he brought freedom, church. He brought freedom to you. He brought freedom to me. He first brought freedom for the penalty of my sins. Thank the Lord for that. Amen? Amen. And then he continues to bring freedom to us as he holds off the enemy if we trust him, if we follow him, if we run to him, if we flee evil and we run to him, he promises to hold off almost like a running back, stiff arms the enemy, right? He's got the best stiff arm ever, church. But you got to run into his refuge. you got to come into the shadow of the Almighty like Psalms 91 tells us. We got to make him our refuge. We have to make him our God. We run to him. We celebrate him. We worship him because he's the one that's our protector. He's the one that brings my freedom. He's the one that brings righteousness and holiness to me. So because our God is holy and because Jesus came, freedom is now offered to all of humanity. So if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can experience spiritual freedom as well. And once you start to experience spiritual freedom, let me just tell you what starts to happen. When your heart starts getting less heavy from the burdens of this world, when your mind stops pondering all of the, all of the corruption and all of the worries and all of the distractions of this world, and your mind starts meditating on the goodness of God, when your heart starts leaping with the joy that only Jesus can bring, when your heart starts being overwhelmed with the gratitude that only God can give you, then you're going to want to sing as well that our God is holy. You're not going to be able to stop yourself. When your heart gets overwhelmed with the gift of Jesus Christ that was given to us at Christmas, your heart's going to be overwhelmed. And you're going to sing the very first words of this song. You're going to be a part of it. Those first words said this, that a thousand generations falling down in worship. A thousand. You know what it's trying to say? It's trying to say all of humanity falling down in worship to sing what? The song of ages to the Lamb. And all who've gone before us, and all who will believe, which is you, church. All of those who have gone before us, our grandparents, 
our parents, those who worship the Lord, those who established Christianity as the core of our very being, and all of those who currently right now believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand, and you're going to join in with heaven's, heaven's choir and all of the, the voices of new life. And we're going to sing the song of the ages. The song of the ages is what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In just a moment, you're going to stand and join a large crowd in singing. I don't know about you, but man, whenever I'm in a large crowd that's singing in unity together, it moves me. Does it move you? I mean, guys, look, I've been at a baseball game before in the midway through the seventh inning, the seventh inning stretch, and they're singing, take me out to the ball game. And, my, and I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome, dude. This is incredible. Everybody's singing in unity, you know? I mean, I get it. Like, some people are there with their popcorn. Somebody's there with their beer. Someone's there with their soda. I don't care. It's just that everyone's singing together in one large voice. And, man, my heart gets moved. I was at a foreigner rock concert. I know some of you are offended by that. Get over it. I was at a foreigner rock concert, guys, and they get to the classic rock ballad. I want to know what love is. And I'm like, that's so good, man. I just can't keep it in. Right? Like, I asked my wife, I'm bawling, right? As I'm contemplating the unity of, of the voice of humanity at that very moment, and especially at that rock concert when people sang that song, I want to know what love is. And I was like, man, I so wish that they really truly knew. My heart was overwhelmed. The same thing happens at church. Sunday after Sunday, your pastor stands here at the front row. You know why I sit in the front row? Because I'm going to tell you right now, it would be a lot easier to get to the green room if I was sitting in the back and I could just go out that door. Because I don't like getting up and having to walk in front of you guys and you know, uh, being a nuisance or being a distraction. I don't like that. So why do I sit in the front? Let me tell you one of the reasons I sit in the front. Number one, I want to be an example of worship for you. I want you to look at me, and I want you to go, that's my pastor. He's going after God. I'm going after God with him. That's one of the reasons why I sit in the front. The second reason why I sit in the front is this. Sometimes I like to stop singing. I just like to listen for your voice. Because when I hear your voice, my heart gets moved. When I hear your voice, my heart gets soft. Because I'm like, man, we are all joining in together. And in a moment, we're going to join in with heaven's army. We're going to join in with heaven's voice. And although you may not be able to hear them, I pray to God you do. I pray some supernatural miracle takes place. And your ears hear something that you've never heard before. But I want you to see yourself standing with a massive host, with a massive choir, right? And I want, to see, I want you to see yourself singing this song that we're going to sing. And when you get to those words, holy, I want you to see yourself singing with all of heaven's choir. Holy is our Lord. Holy is our Lord. It's the song of the ages, church. But first, I think what would be important is to follow one last verse that the author of this song said it was an inspiration to him when he wrote it. It was John 1, 29 says this, that John saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said what? What's the word? John saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said to all the people, look, get your eyes on him. 
Fix your gaze on him. Why? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is here. The sacrificial lamb before he ever went to the cross. John chapter 1 Look at Jesus as the first move that you and me need to make today is to look at Jesus. What does that mean? Seekers find God. That's what it means. It means that when you seek after him, when you get your gaze on Jesus, when you fix your attention on him, nothing can stop you from the inside out. You are going to, you're going to bubble up from the inside out when you get your gaze on him. And what's going to come out of your mouth? Holy. You are holy. You're amazing, and the worship is just going to flow. I just want you to know today, seekers find God, so let your heart be moved by the Holy Spirit today. Just let your heart be moved. Let your heart be moved. Let your emotions be moved by the Lord today. Some of you, that's what you need. You need a breakthrough. And some of you, your breakthrough is going to come when you finally surrender, and you're like, okay, God, you can have all of me. I don't care that the person next to me sees the tears coming down my face or sees me sobbing like a baby, or sees me having to run to this altar, to kneel down, and to cry out that he's holy. Some of you just need your, your heart to be moved today. So that's why we join in with the larger crowd. That's why we join in with the larger army. That's why we join in with the, the hosts of heaven as we declare our God is holy. So offer Jesus your worship today. Offer me your worship today. Guys, we worship a holy God. The only way that that our holy God is going to be able to make you holy is when you lean into him and when you pursue him and when you surrender your life to him and when you allow him to be your Lord and you let him be your leader. If there's sin in your heart today, confess it now. Don't wait for the end of a service. Confess it now. Get it right with God. Just tell him, God, this is the sin in my life. I let it go. Like, forgive me. I don't want anything to separate, separate me from you. I want to be in the presence of my holy God. I want to sense your presence. I want my heart to be overwhelmed by your presence. I want to be the one that says, everybody, look, it's Jesus. That's what I want for your life. I want that for your life. So would you join me in standing as we prepare just to join with heaven's voice and the voice of all of those in all of our auditoriums as we prepare our hearts just to declare the holiness of our God and let Jesus transform us from the inside out. Father, we come to you right now. Lord, you are holy, you are righteous in ways we know nothing of. Lord, you move in profound ways, in ways that blow our mind away. Lord, you're moving in this place right now. The power of your spirit is with us where two or more have gathered in your name, you are here. But Lord, today something supernatural is getting ready to take place. We're not just getting ready to sing a song as a band leads us from a platform in an auditorium. We're getting ready to sing a song at all of our campuses at the exact same time, joining in with the, with the, the choir of heaven, joining in with the, the angels, as they can't help themselves but declare, you are holy, 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 perfect in all ways. Lord, thank you this Christmas that we're reminded that you left that holy, wonderful amazing and awesome place called heaven to come to this earth to be born in a manger to give your life on a cross so that we might have the freedom to worship you in truth today that we might have the freedom to worship you in spirit today so lord we join with a thousand generations 
declaring with all of those who believe, singing the song of the ages, holy is our God. Amen.